LifeLock. This report is brought to you by LifeLock. For real American art form, there is. There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint Parker to turn around and take off his pants. Yes. And did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass yeah. fucking fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your fucking mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learn quick, fast, and hurt. You feckless They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. That sounds like a choice. What? I think we're the best receiver court in the league. Yeah, it's... it's... For real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head. Just slap them. They can make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is the key. I, I, I had to take off my shoes. shoes. So kiss my black not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch. Being a loser. The game's starting to slow down a little bit. Welcome to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. It's Friday, so coming up at 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, on loan to us from Fox Sports 1350, where you can hear him every day at 3 o'clock. You can also hear him every day on the free iHeartRadio app as well. We're also online at WRQK.com. Up there already for you today is a new trailer for uh, Fox's version of Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. I know a lot of you are very excited to see that come back. I know a lot of people feel as if TV, especially like um, the late night host, but even like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, comedies are just leaning, uh, you know, pretty far left. And, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people are looking for some balance and Tim Allen's looking to bring that balance. That trailer for Fox's installment of Last Man Standing is online for you at WRQK.com. Yesterday, we were talking about the U.S. Open just a little bit because, well, it's like. When golf does its majors, people actually pretend to care a little bit. I care always, but people actually pretend and lie to you know about how much they care when the majors happen. U.S. Open uh, starting yesterday at Shinnecock Hills, Long Island, New York, Hamptons, essentially. And uh, we were talking Tiger Woods yesterday because that's the golfer everybody cares about, right? And I had said... People are going to talk to you about his putter, but it's really going to be about how he hits the ball from the tee. If you don't keep it straight at Shinnecock, you're not going to be able to score. And I got to give it to Tiger. He opens with a triple at one, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Mini meltdown. Like, what do we do here? And then he makes bogey at two, and now you're plus four after two holes. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to get ugly. But then he did. He turned it around. Now, he wasn't, like, making birdie, but, dude, that's really, really hard to do in the U.S. Open. But he, like, leveled out, and he started to get composure, and he started playing. And I got to give him credit. He hit the tee ball very, very, very well yesterday. It was his putter that let him down. I mean, there were a couple of times yesterday where he just mentally... Dude, there was mental midget things happening to Tiger Woods with the putter yesterday. He ended up his round plus eight. I said yesterday before the tournament kicked off, I believe he's got a better chance to miss the cut than he does to end up with a top ten. We'll find out whether or not that's true after his round today. He tees off under two hours from right now. 8.02 Tiger off at Shinnecock Hills. Is it your buddy Rick that says you're a mental midget out on the golf course all uh, the time? My buddy Matt. Your buddy Matt. Okay, not Matt me, but another Matt. No. Um, That has to be so frustrating for 
an elite athlete. Now, when it comes to like Dan Stansberry out there on it's the golf happen. course, and eh, dude, whatever, we're out here, sure. we're drinking beers, we're idiots playing golf. But like when you just can't get it together mentally, that's got to feel like the most like you're fighting a ghost. Like you're just swinging on nothing, trying to do it, and like well, you can't do it. Well, I, you know, and I've said about Tiger for a long time. He's claimed that it's always been about his body, and I've said that's a complete lie. His body's been in better shape than he wants to admit for a while. It's mentally he can't get it back, and. That's the real thing about this sport. People don't understand. It's like it looks so easy on TV, and I think that's why people don't enjoy it is because of how easy it looks. Right. And I saw a lot of people saying this to me yesterday who don't normally watch a lot of golf. They're like, this is why I like this tournament because it's nice to watch these guys struggle the way we would struggle just playing a regular okay. golf course. For those of you that don't know, okay. they make U.S. Open courses really hard on purpose. Like they grow the rough longer. They're trying to make the best golfers in the world struggle. Okay. They're trying to make it an endurance test. It's the way it's always been. Now, I'm kind of on the fence on that. I don't know if I really like it. Like, dude, when you get the best the best golfers in the world, some of the best golfers, dude, like Rory ended up, I think, plus 11 yesterday. Yeah, I mean, dude, the, the hoop's always 10 feet. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the field's always 100 yards. Exactly right. And see, dude, the thing about golf is, like, it's not. And it's not a fair sport. And that's one of the things I love about it. You tee off at 7.30 in the morning, you get a completely different course than if you tee off at 3.30 in the afternoon. Completely different. Wind's okay. different. Sun's different. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the ground's different because the sun bakes it in, so balls roll different. It's a completely different game morning, you know, afternoon, late afternoon. It's a completely different thing. It's an unfair sport. But Tiger, and, and again, this is what I've been saying about the sport itself, is that all day yesterday it was Tiger, 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 and here he is plus eight. It's like, guys, this is part of your problem. Russell Henley's out there yesterday at three under at Ooh. some point. Exactly right. Ooh. Exactly right. And they didn't mention him for two hours. He was in the lead for two hours. They weren't mentioning him. It was all Tiger Woods. And it's like, guys, he is a mess right Do grow your stars. Grow your, you've got the audience. Start giving me the video of the highlight reels of guys who are in contention. Start showing me where they've played well other before. Grow your star. Baseball has this problem. Grow your stars. Balancing the concept of growing your brand and giving people what they want right now is tough for any anyone that's be. trying to get an audience right now because it's like, do we do what's right in the moment right now? You look at this in like uh, like investors where it's like, do we make the money we make now or do we long look at the term. long term plan? And it's very hard to convince people, especially people who are living by that moment of like, dude, if we don't get ratings for this tournament, we all get fired. Like, we're, we're not coming back next year. These golfers will be back, but we're the television executives. If we don't get the most out of this, our jobs are on the line. Tiger Woods not on the line here. It's my job. So I can understand how that person decides, nah, dude, keep that Tiger coverage up. It's moving the needle now. I don't care about 10 years from now. That's somebody else's problem. Right now is all I care about. I understand how that, that becomes a conflict of interest. Well, almost. that's an interesting take, especially when you think about the fact that the TV partner for the U.S. Open is not your normal TV partner for golf. The U.S. Open's at Fox. FS1, Fox, and like things like that. That's not who normally... Normally, it's Golf Channel and NBC now. It used to be CBS was the big carrier. They still carry some tournaments. Um... And you're getting Joe Buck for the U.S. Open. I know everybody oh, hates Joe geez. Buck. Oh. I know everybody hates him. He never calls golf. It's like twice a year he does it. And guys, he's not that bad at it. Meaning, the sports he does every week, he's probably pretty good at. And I've always been on people. Do quit getting on Joe Buck. Now, it's obvious he doesn't know golf as well as he knows football and baseball when I watch him do other sports. But, dude, he's still calling a pretty pretty good golf tournament, and he never does it. Meaning, dude, when he's calling football, he's probably pretty good at it. I Dude, the, the hate that guy gets, I don't really understand. I always look at those sportscasters who do 
the, you know, the odd sports. And golf's probably one of the more mainstream. Bowling. Um, and yeah, right. Bowling and like, you darts. know. Right. And, uh, and, and bocce ball and stuff you'll see on ESPN. And I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing with How'd your you day to day? Right. How did you get to this point in your career here? Like Just sitting on the sideline of some like 7-Eleven <laughs> parking lot, just calling dudes, throwing dice in the parking lot, just, you know, getting, you know, getting your chops up. I also went to uh, the Hard Rock Roxino last night. I saw one of my yeah. favorite bands ever, yeah. Tonic, opened up for the Gym Blossoms last night, and it they were really, 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 really good. Give me the rundown. How'd it go? They Tell sounded great. They opened with Open Up Your Eyes, one of my favorite songs they do. Um, Lemon Parade, I think, came out in 1996. I've said, I've been on record before saying that might be my favorite record of 1996, which is a hell of a statement. And uh, I love that band. They sounded amazing. They were great. But the set list wasn't what I wanted. And I... And, it's just welcome to being a, like a real fan of something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to walk away and it's never going to be custom tailored to you the way you want. But they left a lot of big hits on the table. I mean, they didn't play um, they didn't play Casual Affair. They didn't play Soldier's Daughter. They didn't play Wicked Soldier. Um, they didn't play Celtic Aggression. Um, Do You Know. They didn't play that. Uh, they didn't play Count On Me. Didn't play Sugar. Didn't play Count uh, Knock Down Walls. I mean, they left a lot of big songs on the table, which I was surprised about. Did do this, obviously. Um, you wanted more. They did, obviously, which is probably their second biggest hit for people who aren't a fan. But dude, I gotta tell you, the Hard Rock's just a good place to see a show because it's intimate. It is any any it's seat intimate. in that venue is it's a good. great seat. Like that's in, in we were towards the back of the room. You could see everything perfectly, hear everything perfectly. Even when people were standing, you could feel like I could sit down, still see it. I mean, dude, that's a good venue. And it was three bands last night yeah. too, right? So like, I mean, I, I mean, yes, there's certainly a sponsor, but like, dude, what a what a what a great venue to have in Northeast Ohio, especially when you think about the fact that you get the comedy club there, right. and then you also get you know the live event. You know, concert venue there as well. I um I was bummed though because I was trying to find one online. You can't find a Tonic T-shirt online except for eBay. They don't have an online store, and Tonic had no merch last night. Really? No. Like they didn't. Dude, Vertical Horizon selling T-shirts. Tonic wasn't. That's I thought a, that was crazy. That's how bands make money. I'm shocked they didn't have stuff. This band's got to be hanging on by a thread, right? They don't have an online store. You're not selling merch at the shows. That's your mistake, dude. Start selling some merch. You can make some money, guys. Like- I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. it was, that was half the reason I went. I was like, dude, I can't find a Tonic shirt online. They'll obviously be selling them at the show. I'm a huge fan. Want one of those. Couldn't get it. But they were awesome. I'm so glad I went. They sounded amazing. Um, I would have picked different songs, but do welcome to going to concerts. Right. That's just the way it is. Everybody's all up in arms, either in support or against what Miles Garrett had to say about Kevin Durant and uh, the Golden State Warriors. I, of course, have a different view of this than a lot of you, and we'll play you Miles Garrett's quote and give you our take. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out those incarceration tickets around 8.30 this morning. We'll do that. Coming up at uh, 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. Everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. And he joins us every Friday at 7. I saw this this quote uh, or this piece of audio has been floating around the internet. Um, originally uh, airing on the Ken Carmen show, our good buddy Ken Carmen. He had Miles Garrett on, and uh, this quote's been picked up. It was actually played quite a bit on FS1 yesterday. It's uh, it's gone a little viral, and Miles Garrett is speaking out on Kevin Durant, 
and uh, the Warriors and obviously having just swept the Cavaliers and like what it means for the NBA and what it means for his legacy and that kind of thing. And Miles Garrett then had this to say. I mean, Katie broke the league. You hopped onto a 73-9 team and, and he took the easy way out in my mind. You know, it was different for when LeBron left. He kind of went to, you know, Wade and Bosch and it wasn't somebody, something that was already guaranteed, something that you already knew was going to Know, have immediate success. You kind of had to you know gel and you know, work things you know, into place. But with KD, you just stick him in and he scores. I mean, you you already knew what they had. They were seventy three and nine before, and you know you put you know, the second best player in the world on a already all time great team, and of course you're gonna have you no know, success and pretty easy success. I mean, if I were him, I wouldn't have never made a move like that in the first place. Me, I'm too competitive to try and you know ride on somebody's coattails. Mr. Coattail. Okay, so there's Miles Garrett on Kevin Durant, the Warriors, how they came together. And um, well, so we'll start at the beginning of the quote. Okay, because this is something I was saying for all season. And at the end of last season, I was saying it. And all of everybody all over Twitter was like, oh, Stansberry, you're overreacting. I had said, look, they broke the league. It's not, it's an, it's not interesting anymore. We, we, we know what's going to happen. Oh, Stansberry, you, you overreact. Now Miles Garrett tells you Kevin Durant broke the league and everybody thinks it's genius. You usually feel like dominance is good for a league. Why do you feel like this is different? It. I feel like Nick Wright nailed this the other day on, on Colin Coward Show. He said, you know what the difference is here? Is that all these other teams that have greatness throughout the rest of the country, there are people who hop on the bandwagon that love it. And people don't love this Warriors team. They don't. The Bay Area loves it. There's nobody like, dude, like in the 90s, you saw dudes wearing Bulls jerseys. You saw Cavs fans wearing Bulls jerseys. I don't see anybody outside of the Bay Area rocking Golden State gear. Oh, I see Golden State people. Do you? Oh, yeah. I, I think never see on, it. On a, on a somewhat regular, it's not a, it's not a, but it, that's of course because we're in Northeast Ohio. That's what I'm saying is I saw Bulls stuff in Northeast Ohio in the 90s. Dude, after the shot, like people loved Michael. What I'm saying is if we lived in Detroit, you'd probably see more Golden State stuff because that Cavaliers tie isn't there. That could be true. I don't, like, I didn't see it a lot when I was in Nevada. I, um, and they're pretty close and don't have a basketball team. So normally they'll kind of, like, front run and, uh, you know, f- with the NBA. I didn't see a ton of it. Now, it's not that it's not there, but I feel like Nick was kind of right on that, that those teams have passionate fans throughout the rest of the country where Golden State doesn't seem to have that. Nobody, like, loves them. You may, like, he kept making the point. You may respect it. But you don't love it. And I kind of agree with that. Number one selling jersey. Steph Curry. Countrywide, Steph Curry. Number yeah. two, LeBron James. Number three, Kevin Durant. Yeah, all right. I, I just, again, I don't think you see it as much. And I think he was kind of right on that. I um Now, the TV rating for the NBA Finals, down. It was not, I mean, it, it was not what the NBA and it's not what the television partners wanted. Game one, I know for sure was down. I think they, they, I think they wrapped up 15% down game one because you knew what was going to happen. But the rest of this quote, I'm going to take issue with too. This revisionist history that LeBron just went to this team and we weren't sure how it was going to work is a complete and utter lie. They were called the Heatles before they ever played a game together. We knew that Heat team was going to be good. Yeah, definitely knew they were going to be good. They lost that first year out, though. They did lose the first year out. Golden State's lost one of their titles, too. They they, they lost to LeBron and Kyrie Irving. So, I mean, so, so welcome to good teams being able to lose titles. Not with Durant, though. No, but they were already 73-9, and nine, though, right? They were already pretty damn good. 
So this, that, that whole part of that argument doesn't make any sense either. You were saying the same thing about LeBron when he went to the Heat that people are saying about Durant. Going back now and trying to change the narrative that what LeBron did in Miami isn't, uh, isn't along the same line is silly. Can I think that Le- what LeBron did in Miami was wrong and what Kevin Durant did in Golden State was wrong? Yeah, because that's at least consistent. Okay, so as, as a Cavs fan, is there like a conflict of interest there? Like, I hated LeBron when he made that move. Happy he came back. Is it a conflict of interest? Yes, but in the real world, welcome to what's going to happen. Is that people hate when when stars leave, but if they come back to your favorite team, you're going to love them. And the same people, you're going to see this again. When he pulls up and leaves again, people who people like me who said, oh, as long as he wins me a title, I don't care, are going to trash him. Are going to trash him. But here's why LeBron has to go, by the way. Here's why he has to go is that the rest of the NBA is going to love him. You know why? Because he's going to go put a band of brothers together to go warrior hunting. And the rest of the league doesn't love the Warriors the way you loved the Bulls back in the day, the way people in other cities actually like the Patriots a little bit. You don't. You don't like this Warriors team like that, and he's going to put a band of brothers together. They're going to go warrior hunting, and the rest of the NBA is going to love it. And that's why I think he has to go. Or... Completely overhaul this thing, get a new coach, get maybe get a new GM, try to figure this whole thing out, try to get a couple of guys to come here. But Magic Johnson's out in L.A. saying, dude, look, I know, LeBron's coming. It's pretty much wink, wink, it's done. He and Paul George are done. Dude, the, Magic's already telling like season ticket holders, investors and everything that it's wrapped up, that he's got it done. So I, I do. I think he has to go. I think he has to go warrior hunting. But this whole like it, it's a completely different thing what Durant did. And you could make the argument, and Kevin Durant already made it that if you're 73 and nine, it ain't broke, baby. Why are you trying to fix it? That honestly, dude, that working that many people into something could be harder to do. It's much like a movie, dude. They they normally give you one, two stars. You start putting ten stars in movies. I know Ocean's Eleven, but you start putting ten stars in movies, they can fall apart fast. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think sports seems different here in the sense of you're just looking for another, uh, I have an off night, you have an on night, therefore we can continue to win. Um, I, I, I really don't have a problem with this debate. I don't have a problem with what Miles Garrett said, but I also don't disagree with what you're saying about when LeBron left and the concept of bringing talent together is not new. I mean, it, it's just not. Well, it, it can't be new if people want to go back and tell me, well, look at these teams Michael had to go through. They were They had this, they had this, they had this, then there was always been a compilation of talent on teams. I think more than anything, and I know what Miles Garrett's doing here, is he's trying to endear himself to the fan base that's that's going to be around him for the rest of his career. If smart the business. Because if the Browns are smart, they're going to lock up Miles Garrett for his entire, entire career, and he'll end his career smart in business. Cleveland. So I understand what Miles Garrett is doing here. My whole thing with it is, dude, is you've won zero games. You have been a part of zero wins as a professional athlete. The clapback is easy. For you to come out, for you to come out and tell a a two-time NBA champion, one of the top two people at his sport at this moment, what he should and should not be doing. Eh, I yes, I see how that clapback comes, and it comes back quickly. Honestly, what could have been a three-time NBA champion, they kind of fell down in Oklahoma City. Like they should, they they had a good chance to win that series. Like so, you you know what I mean? Like he could have been a three-time NBA champion. We know Kevin Durant's like legit and like the real deal. I totally agree. I feel like the clapback against Miles Garrett is like, bro, what do you know about winning? Right. What do you What do you have to say to me? You, you, what? You're going to tell me how easy winning is? And like I said, I mean, to the Cleveland sports fan, I mean, dude, thank you. You are our champion, bro. We love you. But like to the rest of the nation, it's like, dude, who are you? What, what have you been a part of? You're, you're just some guy. 
Charles says, I want a shirt that says warrior hunting on it. That's genius. You know what, Charles? We may actually try to put those together for the show and get those put out. I believe LeBron James is going warrior hunting. With that being said, though, and I was looking at this yesterday, and they're throwing all these you know pie-in-the-sky ideas up of like, well, they're going to get Paul George and LeBron and Kawhi, and Kawhi Leonard. Leonard. I still don't think that's enough. I still don't think that's enough. Whoa. In a Cavs jersey, LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, not enough. Not enough. In a Lakers wow. jersey, in a in a whatever jersey you want to put him in, no, I don't think that's enough. Like you have three guys at that point going up against four All Stars and a bench that works really well for who they are and what they do. So no, I don't think that's enough. And that's part of the reason why I think he stays is because you go you go somewhere else and you try to do that and it fails and you can't get it done with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the Lakers roster. Dude, that is huge points against you. If yeah. it's me, if, at least if I do it in a Cavs jersey, you're always going to love me. There, there, th- that is the best argument I've heard for him staying. I will admit that honestly through this, I think there's a better chance of him staying than I was giving and like at least months ago because of some some arguments like that, but dude, I mean, Magic's out there telling people he's got it done. And what they do right after that Kyle Kuzma Lonzo Ball diss track, what what Magic do? Went right in there, was like, dude, guys, stop this right now. We're trying to recruit the best player in the in the league the last thirty years, and you look like nineteen year old morons. He threw Andrew Wiggins out and stuck with Kevin Love. He doesn't want this stuff. Stop it. And I think Magic understands. It's like, dude, we're we're getting close. I think it probably is. There, a lot of people are saying it's a two-team race right now between the Cavs and the Lakers. I think Fantone, you got a good point on why he stays because, dude, this audience here, he could not win another title Doesn't here matter. ever again, and Doesn't you matter. still love him. And they're already talking about putting a statue up outside the queue, and they should. I mean, God, the guy's done enough. Do it. You know what I mean? I'm all for it. The guy's done enough for his community. He's done enough for the game. I'm all for it. Put the statue up. Um, I still think he leaves, and I think he's got to go warrior hunting, and I think that's why it's okay. I don't think the rest of the league's going to hate him the way they did last time. But this whole Kevin Durant did this thing that LeBron did. They were called the Heatles before they ever played a game. Went out there, dude, had fireworks announcing the team. Not one, not two, not three, not six. Meanwhile, dude, didn't win all those titles because he doesn't really want a great executive, doesn't really want a great coach. You know what? Got the two here. I got to get back out of here. Got to go back home because that's who he is, bro. Every few years. He's got to shake it up. It's just, Dude, LeBron showed you who he is from the beginning, and that's another reason why I think he ultimately goes. It's revisionist history. They were called the Heatles. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. 106.9 Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Munch already up. Fired up. Can't wait to get on the air with us. Can't wait. <laughs> Jason wants to know if, uh, if what we're saying basically is LeBron's going to stay in a Cavaliers jersey because he's a coward. I don't know if it's cowardly or realist. I guess it's depending yeah. on, on, on the term you want to pick there. I um I do think that there's a chance he signs a one more one year, and because I think that the free agency shakeup is different next year. A guy, you know, different guys can go. That maybe he's like, you know what, one more in Cleveland, and then if I'm going to put something together, then I'll figure it out when you know different guys are available. Now again, Magic Johnson's out in L.A. telling people it's done. We got it. We're done. Paul George, LeBron, both coming. Those are the rumors yesterday. Now. That's Magic's job, right? That's a little bit of Magic's job to go out there and be like, guys, we're going to get this done. I got LeBron. I mean, that's what they hired him for. And, and did, like, did he say this on record? or like This is people saying okay. that. No, no, no. He can't say it on record. But he already got in trouble going on Jimmy Kimmel saying we want Paul George. So I don't think he can do that. But behind closed doors, I'm being told the rumor is, you know, Magic's telling people, look, we got it done. But that's what he's going to do. That's kind of his job. That's what they hired him for, to be the face of this, to kind of like, you know, land the free agent. 
and LeBron's the biggest free agent acquisition you could make this year. I think he goes. I think ultimately, dude, there could be something that comes out of left field that nobody's thinking about uh, that, that he might think about doing. Fantone's got a great argument on why you stay here, though. Because, dude, the fan base loves you. You can never win another title here, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you do go put together a super team, and let's say this happens, right? Let's say you stay in the East, and you put together a super team. You face the Warriors again, and you lose again, it's over. You'll never, dude, they'll never put you in the greatest ever conversation, ever. That, that whole thing will die right then and there. And that may... Put enough fear in LeBron where he's like, you know what? Wine and gold, not so bad. Not so bad. Everyone is going to respect me here regardless what happens. I can continue to put forth the numbers I want to 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 further the career and further those those records that he has. And I mean, and I know this is something that seems very like, eh, but like he has complete and utter control of what happens within the queue and like. Other places aren't going to give him that. And at this point in his career, there's... Well, va- there are places who would. It's not going to be every place. Right. But there's value in that to him. And oh, there's, yeah. Especially at this point in his career where it's like, dude, I'm, I'm 35, man. Like, this is this is a place that is going to cater to me, give me what I want, and give me the opportunity, hopefully, to continue to build the case for me being the greatest ever. So, like, I get what you're saying of, like, well, I can't get it done here, but I don't know if you can get it done somewhere else. Like I said, dude, I don't care what jersey you're in. I don't think Paul George, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard on their own is enough to take down the Warriors yet. You have to start adding more pieces to that conversation and you can't show me like, well, this is how it's, you know. Well, you would need a three-point shooter on the bench for sure. You are going to need somebody on that second lineup to be able to shoot the three at a pretty consistent rate. I would agree with that. That you are going to need a deep shooter. You're going to need multiple deep shooters, dude. You're gonna have to. You're gonna. You're, you're, you're gonna have to run with the Warriors. And I don't. I don't. I don't see how three dudes are doing that yet. Is there any chance that with Kyrie saying, you know what, I'm not signing this deal, he kind of wants to go be a Nick? Is there? Any chance LeBron goes to Boston? I think everyone needs to cut Kyrie Irving a break here, and this is certainly me uh, showing that I, I'm no longer holding on to Cavaliers' grudges, is that Kyrie's not saying he's not going to sign this contract extension because he doesn't want to be in Boston. Financially, he's going to lose like $80 million over the big picture if he signs this contract right. this year. So it's not like, a, hey, I'm unhappy here, I'm leaving here, this isn't where I want to be. It's just angling. It's, it's, it's a financial decision, and not just like over a couple million, which God knows would be enough for me to do something, but we're talking about like a substantial amount of money over this guy's career. So it's not it's not that he's like, well, I'm on my way out. Now, would the Celtics take LeBron James? Of course they would. Of course they would. And it doesn't matter what Kyrie Irving thinks. If they have the opportunity to put LeBron in the green and white, of course, well, are you not going to do that? I mean, they asked Kyrie and he said, we'll see what management does. I mean, you could tell he doesn't really want to see it happen. But he was like, yeah, we'll see what management does there. You know, um, I, I think it would I think it'd be great for the league. I've said forever. That if I'm the NBA where I want LeBron James, I want him in Los Angeles as a Laker, I want him in Boston as a Celtic, or I want him in New York as a Nick. You want him in one of the premier franchises, especially one of the ones that you're looking to rebuild, which all three of them kind of are, into former greatness. And if you're the NBA, that's where you want him, because that's where the TV rating is going to come. Like that's what's going, that's what you need is, is one of these things to happen. And if he does, and dude, this is why I think there's going to be pressure from the NBA for LeBron to leave. I think, dude, he's the most powerful player. 
player in the league. But if you don't think those guys are calling him or at least pushing him like LeBron, you got swept, bro. You're the only thing that can go against this. You gotta go. You, dude, you, as much as you gotta sign big dollar contracts for the sake of the league so guys underneath you can get paid money, then you gotta do this for the league too. You gotta help us turn this back into a television product because it's not right now. It's not competitive. Uh, NBA TV uh, ratings were down during the finals. Still the number one thing on television all four nights that it was on. But as, 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 a, as, a, as a whole this year, up 17% on ABC, up 13% on TNT, and up, Regular up 4% on ESPN. So across the board, all their platforms up in ratings. I th- yes, I th- they, had his, they had pretty good ratings th- this regular season. I'm wondering if this NBA final, much like The Last Jedi hurt Solo, does this NBA final hurt next year's regular season ratings, especially if he does not compile another team together? I absolutely 100% do. I think, dude, I've been saying it forever. The NBA is in more trouble than the NFL. Nobody wants to listen. It's beholden to three one team and one star. That is a recipe for disaster. Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Joined every Friday, 7 o'clock, by my good buddy, my uh, do my first my first radio boss ever, Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. Catch up weekdays at three, Fox Sports thirteen fifty, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. I tell everybody I scream from the mountaintops. If you enjoy this show, it's because I learned what I'm doing from Mark Munch Bishop. Munch, how are you, brother? I am superb. What a beautiful Friday, glorious Almighty weekend is here. The second you get out of bed, let's do it. All right, I uh, I want to start with Miles Garrett. I, I I know for sure you already knew uh, have heard what Miles Garrett has said. He he was talking about Kevin Durant. Said I, would I love have, it. I would have never done what he did. I'm too competitive to do it. Um, you know what I mean? He, he basically calling KD. Saw, as a matter of fact, he went out. The, the quote is KD wrecked the league. Now, could I not say to Miles Garrett, bro? What the hell do you know about winning? Oh, you know what? You can as a professional. In fact, you know what? As much as I enjoyed what Miles said, and here's what's interesting, gentlemen, is that it's not just sports people. It's not just fans. Uh, C.J. McCollum, our buddy from Glen Oak, yeah. he was the one, one of the first pros that started to say, wait a minute, you know what? Rather get swept than do what this guy did. And again, there's no doubt. You know how I look at him. He's, he's, he's a parasite. He's a tapeworm, okay? And more yes. people are starting to see that. I understand Carl Malone and Gary Payton hooked their wagons to the Lakers. Yeah, they, they had about a year or two left at most in them, okay? Well, and Miles Garrett, you know, he won on a different level. It was just like Josh Gordon coming up today talking about the best receivers in the league. He should have been tested for saying that, okay? <laughs> because that made me think he's partying again. So, again, do I like the message? Yeah. Do I wish these guys sometimes would chill a little bit and concentrate on the game? Do you know what it showed, you know? Miles not only endearing himself to the city, right. getting the back of one of the sports teams that was just worked over pretty good. Now, granted, some of it was self-inflicted, but just showing the kind of art. Guys, don't we like it? Is it one of your favorite moments ever, seeing LeBron going simply crazy when Rajay Davis hit that home run in the World Series? Yeah. We like it when these guys ban. Don't we like seeing Baker? sitting courtside at the games. Don't we like seeing the guys go to you know, Indians games, go to Browns games and down the line? That's, to me, the bigger message in this. I love that. There, there, there's no denying that. I just feel like 
there's a little bit of revisionist history that's going on here with this whole thing. Oh, what time? Well, you know, he's talking about, you know, what LeBron did with Miami is a little different. And I disagree. I think it's the exact same thing. Munch, they were called the Heatles. Oh, Danny, they Danny, Danny. Did you sleep last night? Yeah, slept plenty. He didn't join a 73-game team. He didn't join a team that's been in the finals three years in a row. He didn't join a team that, uh, you know, had won championships. He really joined LeBron, even though he had Bosch with them, and D-Wade was there. He joined a shell of those great Miami teams. I mean, okay, who was on there? They they didn't have Draymond Green, but who did they have? Are you Donis Haslam? Danny, no, he left, but there's a difference. I, no, 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 there's no denying there's a difference. My thing is, is though, they were called the Heatles before they ever played a game. We knew they were going to be good. We knew they were going to win a title. As a matter of fact, the entire NBA was shocked when they didn't win the title the first year. It was the whole <laughs> NBA media was shocked when they didn't win it. I think it's a little bit more similar than people want to admit now because LeBron is still in a Cavs jersey right now. Now, two weeks from now when he announces he will no longer be in a Cavs jersey, I think people are going to go back to thinking along the line, I do, which is him going to Miami is closer to Durant being in Golden State than people want to admit. And Danny, you, I love strong opinions. That's what we do, and that's what we have them. Again, but I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, create, was like, and I'll tell you this, too. Chris Paul, this was a flat-out trade, denied to go to the Lakers. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, Adam Silver kind of perpetrated this. In fact, you know what else? There's no doubt in my mind that Adam Silver probably sleeps with a Golden State teddy bear or something oh, like geez. that. Because he didn't say a freaking word about referees changing calls, which is tantamount to a ball being changed to a strike in a baseball game you know, after game one. Agreed. Munch, as we, uh, as we sit here and we start talking Cavaliers rumors, and does LeBron stay, does he leave, does he end up in the wine and gold, is he in the purple and yellow, the green and white, I don't know, we'll name off all the colors, whatever. Um, one of the reoccurring th- things I keep saying, and whether it's with Cleveland or it's with Los Angeles or however it's going to be, is that LeBron is going to team up with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And to me, that sounds very interesting, but it also sounds like you're going to have to add a lot of other pieces and parts to beat the Golden State Warriors. When LeBron starts looking at these teams and the offers in front of him, what is he really looking for when it comes to teammates? Who is he looking to be with? Who is he looking to run the floor with? Well, bro, number one, he's looking to win rings. We know that, right? So it's got to be guys that he can win rings with. You might say, well, that much. Philly's the way to go. He's also smart enough to realize that, wait a minute, Embiid clogs the lane. Plus, he's got the basketball IQ of a banana slug, and that drives LeBron crazy. Ben Simmons can't shoot. Fultz can't shoot. So, bingo, to me, I'm eliminating them. You know what? Lakers, you got the legendary colors there, but I'm thinking, you did a heck of a lot more than him and Paul George on that team. I don't know if Kawhi is going to go there. So, he wants to have complimentary pieces. Now, they're talking Houston, number one. Guys, i got to tell you something. My daughter, just to show you, and she doesn't like cold, she left Houston for New York City, because she said Houston's got L.A. traffic, and there's nowhere to go. You go to a ball game or a basketball game or a football game, you know, there's no attractions like in New York in there. So the bottom line is, you know, to me, he wants to go somewhere where James Harden needs 30 shots a game? Come on. So, you know, he's looking, of course, for the best fit with the best possible basketball scenario to win the rings. Can we, as we're talking to Mark Munch, Bishop, can the Cavaliers – empty out this roster because everybody says well he's just going to empty out the Cavs roster and he'll just build something here 
Are these contracts well, movable? Can he empty out this roster? Well, bro, it's going to take Holy Hallman an act. He's going to have to light some candles at the cathedral first, okay? Head over to St. Vincent and uh, over by St. Vincent right. Mary and light some candles. It's going to be tough. I know for a fact a few of the trades that they've talked about, like Charlotte saying, you know what? You want Kemba Walker? Fine. Give us eight. The Cavaliers are saying, how about we give you eight and J.R. Smith? So that's what they're trying to do, you know, roster-wise with some of these guys. Now, some of them, sadly, you're freaking stuck with them, okay? And that's what's going to make the rebuild of the Cavaliers the toughest. I, um, I think it's going to be hard to empty this roster out. And, yeah, I just said, yeah. And I'll tell you why. You've, for four nights straight, or whatever it is, you know, during the NBA Finals, you have every NBA media outlet person out there saying, dude, this roster sucks. It's LeBron and nobody else. It's LeBron and also Rands. So if you're a GM, why are you picking up the phone from Cauley Oatman to just pick up guys you just saw on a big stage disappear? Can't do it. I don't know why anybody well, trades for any of these dudes. You, you just said something, too. That's what you said everybody covering the team is doing. Don't you think the GMs on that look at things differently? Now, Maybe. I can look at them and say, wait a minute. You know what? Kyle Corver is done. Uh, George Hill has had his heyday. <laughs> JR is like a freaking roller coaster, Cedar Point. So you can see that on your own, too. That's why it's going to be dang near impossible. You're hamstrung with so many of these. But, Danny, did we think that the Isaiah Thomas, Crowder, and that group was going to get switched over? Uh, we certainly did not. The thing is, oh, we want it. some of these young guys around. Uh, Clarkson, nah, I, I really don't care there. Rodney Hood would love to keep him as a two-guard. In fact, I'd love to see a backcourt of Kemba and Rodney Hood, which is totally possible. But uh, to get something, you usually got to give something else up, too. So that's why. You also have a real nice bargaining chip, even though it's LeBron and a bunch of other guys. You know what? you got a guy that is sought after by many teams. His name is Kevin Love that everybody loves to hate on in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I don't really understand the, you know, the hatred that Kevin Love gets. I, um, you know, I, he's not what he was 10 years ago. Obviously, you just age and your body, you know what I mean, breaks down this and that. But I think Kevin Love's a little bit better than, than most people want to admit. And I think he just, yeah, when things don't go well for the Cavs, I just, for some reason, he, he's where they place all the blame, and I don't really understand that. Munch, we're yeah, it's hearing- a 20-10 and guy. You just don't pick them up anywhere. And on just about any team in the league, he'd be 20-10. and 10. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, Now we're here in Munch. It's it's a two-team race. It's Lakers or Cavs. Lakers or Cavs. Meaning, it's probably anything but that. (laughs) Right? I mean, because, dude, you know, the media gets this stuff all the wrong. Who's a dark horse in the NBA to land LeBron James that people aren't talking about? Hey, bro, you know, this one kind of gives me goosebumps. Don't want the cat to go. But, again, this time, I'm hoping to be able to drive him to the airport and have a nice talk with him and thank him not just for on the court for bringing the championship for over a million people doing their thing on a parade route, okay, for everything he's done for all the kids and for the college students and this and that. But, bro, you know when I close my eyes, not when I'm driving, and actually smile, I think about him with Coach Pop in the San Antonio Spurs. He made you be just enough to keep Kawhi Leonard there. You know, they've aged with Ginobili and Parker, so they'd have to work on that in a big, big way. But uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is there. To me, you know, if he loves the game of basketball, which LeBron does, he's a student, he's a historian, he knows about it. How could he not want to go there and play? Because with that team as is, even with the aging backcourt, and Ginobili will not be back, he's retiring. Bro, that team as is, mark my words, could 
beat the Golden State Warriors if they added LeBron. I don't disagree with you. However, I don't think... I think the one... I think a fair knock on LeBron James at the end of it will be. Great player. But thinks... There's a problem with him thinking he's smarter than everybody else in the room. And I would admit in most rooms maybe he is when you're talking about the NBA. I don't think he wants a great coach like Pop. I don't think he wants it. Dude, he already left one of the best executives in the league in Pat Riley. I don't think he wants it. I think he likes surrounding himself with people who can play but are lesser than him because they know they have to listen to him. I don't think he wants a hard, in-your-face, change-your-game, do-what-Pop-says kind of coach. I don't think he wants it. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, though. Hasn't he pretty much jettisoned quite a few coaches he was with? He tried to get rid of Spolstra. I'm looking at it differently. As he gets older, perhaps he wants to take on a few less of these responsibilities. And he may not want to have to worry. You've seen him on the court before. He's putting this guy in defensive position. He's putting that guy in defensive position. He's telling this guy to loop around. He's rocked by Kevin Love saying, hey, go get this guy for me. Pick him off, that kind of thing. To me, it's the opposite. Right now, he would love a coach like Coach Pop, and Coach Pop would treasure having a LeBron James on his team. Wow, that's a that's an interesting take at that. I had it the complete opposite way. That's Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. You can find him everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, we'll talk to you again next week, and we'll get into some Tribe next week with you. You make me smile. Corey Kluber on the hill for the Tribe today. There is greatness on the mountain. Love you guys. Take care. We'll see you next week. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Pass out those incarceration tickets around 8.30 this morning. Up for you at WRQK.com is Fox's uh, release trailer for their version of Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. I know a lot of people are all excited to have that show back. I know a lot of people felt like they were victimized when it got when it was taken off the air. I didn't really get that, but whatever. But uh, the trailer is available for you at WRQK.com. I had known that we were floating this idea in this country, I didn't realize we were doing it. Right. But apparently in 560 school districts across 25 states that they will be switching to a Monday through Thursday schedule. 560 districts across 25 states are moving to a four-day school week. I would have thought that this would have been bigger news. I knew we were floating the idea. I didn't realize people had already decided to move and do it. Yeah, you know there's going to be individual school districts, like a charter school or one of those uh, Montessori schools that's yeah. like, okay, we're going to do this. But like, if, you know, 500 local plus, school. I mean, we're moving, we're moving towards this here. They say four states, Colorado, Montana, Oklahoma, and Oregon are leading the trend, which has been in place, um, they say, in some rural districts for decades. Goes to show you what I know. I didn't know that. Now, the big opposition to this is what do parents do on that fifth day right because child care i mean let's be honest that's what school is during the school year is for a lot of parents is like well this is where you go yeah i mean what 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 do you do there but what do you do during the summer 
Right? I mean, your so kids guess, are all men. Yeah, I guess what they're saying is is that, and they, and should be pointed out, they are your kids. So, you yes. know what I mean? They are your responsibility yes. to figure this out. Now, we've seen this. People have floated this idea, too, in the workplace. As a matter of fact, and I wish people would stop floating this blog out there. It's like, well, you know, four days a week is probably all people over the age of 35 can handle. It's like, guys, <laughs> you, you need to stop. You need to stop sharing that goddamn thing. I know what you're saying. You don't want to work on Friday. Neither do I. But really what you're doing is waving a white flag going, I don't matter anymore. Yeah, there's been 10 times today Dan and I have looked at each other and been like, dude, I don't want to be here. Do you want to be here? Oh, no, of but, course we don't. But yeah, don't tell because, people because that. I be, because right. I want to get paid to be here. <laughs> right, 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 right. You see what I'm saying? Well, now most jobs though, and I guess school different than jobs and our job a little bit different here, but like most jobs... You don't need to be there Monday through Friday other than the arbitrary, well, it's Monday through Friday. That's when we work. I think we, you've been paying attention to people here who don't feel like they need to be here five days a week, but they do. We need to be here Monday through Friday because there's always a morning commute Monday through Friday. Whether whether everyone's working Friday and everyone's working Monday or whatever. But like most jobs, if you can get it done in 10 hours a day, four days a week... Uh, why? Why? If I, I, as a business owner, that seems great to me. Well, I think what happens in the workplace is this: is they're looking for a way to pay people less money to not pay you as much in benefits and that kind of thing. I think what they're going to do is move to a three or four day work week and hire more employees, less hours per employee, right. less benefits have to give a new employee. They're always going to figure this out. Like the CEOs are always going to figure it out how to come out ahead. So if this puts schools ahead, if this makes it easier financially for them, which I really genuinely believe it can, is because you know you're not going to have to pay to have janitors there on Friday. You're not going. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be there's going to be places you can cut money. If this works for schools, what's the pushback against this? What's the like? Oh, well, we can't do it. Well, the only pushback I'm reading, and again, I'm I'm getting this article from wkyc.com. It seems like the only pushback that they're getting from the people that they've talked to is. Is low-income parents who don't have the money for childcare and who are trying to go to, but again, I understand that that's a problem. It, I'm not going to say that that's not a problem. However, I will say that what is happening there is you being forced to deal with the decisions you've made in your life, and that if, if that if you're that worried, honestly. This is going to sound harsh, and a lot of you are going to hate me. But if you're that worried about not being able to afford the childcare. You had a kid when you weren't ready to do it. Yes, I am not going to debate on that because that's true. I mean, now the kid's here, right? So you, we can't just like be like, "Well, let them die in the street." Can't do that either. But you are being faced or forced to deal with the decisions you made. Yeah, big or small picture on an individual level, a hundred percent. Big picture, there are no retroactive abortions. I mean, I, I, <laughs> no, people, I agree. People wish, but like, well, that's it's not, not the way it works. That's that's not necessarily what's going to happen here. I think four day school week. I think year-round schooling and I think block scheduling would change the face in America of like how we think of prop of like how what should we do about this education system? There are I think people who everything. don't know what you mean by block scheduling. So instead of you have seven periods in the day and they're mm-hmm. each about forty-five minutes long, and this went into effect when I was a junior in high school, where I, where I was going to high school, Twinsburg High School. Instead of seven cl- seven or eight classes of forty-five minutes long each, we had four classes, hour and a half each, and instead of going to you know science year-round. You just went the first half of the year. I felt like we got more done. I felt like I was more able to to learn in that specific field instead of just like, all right, well, we only had forty five minutes to go over this, and we're on to the next one. And we got to make sure everybody's on the same. 
same and, page. And you got more classes in, too. Like, instead of having seven classes over the course of the year, I had eight. And it just worked out better, at least I felt like for me. So I think those things combined, like I said, block scheduling, I think year-round schooling, and I think a four-day school week would work great. I'm having a hard time coming up with a reason not to do this. If child care is the only reason not to do this, then that's not a good enough reason not to do it. And I'm going to assume that schools, especially the early adapters of this, are taking that into consideration and offering some sort of community child care there. Where, like, you might not necessarily be able to go to school on Friday, but, like, is there a daycare option available there? Now, Keith's got a great point. He's like, doesn't this then free up money? Then, because you're going to save some money, doesn't this free up money to hire the security guards? to put him in the school versus arming teachers, and he might be right. Maybe it does do that. Um, like I said, I understand the child care issue. But again, this is one of those things where everybody goes, well, what about my kid? And then that's when I always point back to you and say, look at the sentence you just said. What about your kid? Meaning it's on you to figure it out. And I say this all the time. Guys, condoms are four bucks. If you didn't realize that a $4 purchase was going to cut off problems at the pass, then you should have to deal with all this stuff. More Stansberry Show right around the corner before we get there, though. Dude, this is uh, apparently one of our very dedicated listeners every day, a guy named Denver. Tweets in every day, listens all four hours of the program, having some serious surgery on Monday. He's going to be out two weeks, going to be laid up, says he's already got iHeartRadio loaded up. Can't wait to listen every day. Dude, my man, we are hopeful that your surgery goes well for you. Ohio's taking credit for a word. I see it all the time on social media. Oh my God, Ohio. If you're from Ohio, you say this. Ohio's taking credit for a word the rest of the nation says. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Yo guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now if you're anything like me, man, I was wearing glasses and contacts since like the second grade. That's out of my life now. I don't have to worry about where my glasses are in the morning. I don't have to worry about do I have enough contacts ordered? Do I have solution? None of that stuff is a concern. Visit the website roholtvision.com. While you're there, you can take a self-evaluation test. You can find some of the frequently asked questions about LASIK and you can check out the financing options as well. Dude, make an investment in yourself. Check it out today, RollHoltVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com, where you can see the new trailer for Fox's installment of Last Man Standing. I know a lot of people are very excited to have that show back. We were talking remakes the other day. I feel like uh, Family Ties is the remake that needs to happen. But I know, but Alex P. Keaton, I mean, that's not even the way the Republican Party is anymore. What would we do? Jeez. Jeez, well, it's geez. still it's still hippie parents, conservative kid. You could still do that. Or how about you have Alex B. Keaton's character be like, you know what? Let's just get back to the Reaganomics part of this party, and maybe that's his maybe that's his struggle. But you know what? Mm. Leave it to Twitter to overthink it and tell me my idea is dumb. Reestablishing himself as a as a conservative Republican. Uh, dude. But then at that point, there's going to be people who are like, what do you mean we're not the party? I'm bragging anymore. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I, dude, I don't know. You're getting into very, uh, what do I want to say? It's a, it's a minefield out there. Uh, I do know Michael J. Fox has turned everything down. I don't think he's doing well right now. Oh, I, it's no, been a no, while. No. He's not yeah. been but. I mean, you know, Parkinson's, I think, can get pretty bad. Yeah, because um, someone was talking about doing a, um, oh, a Back to the Future remake. Like, oh, let's... Like an let's, official reboot. Right, and not even... Yeah, like, like I think it was not going to be him. I think he was going to be more in the, like, doc role and, he, you know, his kid or whatever. And he was like, nah, bro, I can't. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. You're probably right. I see something happening online a lot. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I see it everywhere. All right. All right. And I actually posted this the other day, and a couple of guys were like, I've never heard that in my life, which, yes, you have. You just may not understand the spelling of it when you, when you write it down. But this is this thing now where Ohio's taking credit for, oop, 
When you when you almost bump into somebody, oop. People are like, this guy was like, I've never heard that in my entire life. Well, it's an abbreviation of oops, so yes, you have. Like, yeah. dial it down. Yes, you have. Like, if you were, up, oh, let me get around you right here. Yep. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's an abbreviation of oops. But Ohio's oh. out there like, we did this. Guys, I've lived in multiple states. Florida, Nevada, Oregon, here. They've said up everywhere. Everywhere. You think, oh, you think Ohioans are the one lazy group in America that's like, you know what, we're going to create this? I, I guess I can't necessarily remember. I've lived around a lot, too. It's not something I was necessarily looking for. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, well, while I'm spending my time out here in California, who's going up? Let me get around you here. Exactly right. Like, exactly. But that's my so. point, is that I think it's this thing. Now, it's kind of funny. Like, it starts out as, like, you know what I mean? This thing, oh, it's like, yeah, people in Ohio kind of do this. But it, this is everywhere. These, these trends that happen, and I guess this is really my point. I don't know why I'm doing this, but like the at the end of the day, this is what gets you to click it. This is what gets you to share it is by telling you it's about Strongsville did this, Alliance did this. No, it didn't. You think like you really think we're the only people to abbreviate words? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously going to be a a geographical sense of pride, no matter where you're from, no matter what's going on with you. There's going to be that sense of that's where I'm from. This is, that's what I'm proud of. Like that represents me. There's always going to be that, but you see it in a million other things too. This is very much the. This article says that all left-handed people are geniuses. Yes. And like if you stay up if late at night, messy. right, if you swear a lot, you're a genius. Click this link to find out why. And it's like, well, of course people out there who are chronically late, who swear a lot, who, who are going to be like, well, yeah, I want I want validation of my bad habits. Oh, I must be so smart. What I want those people to do is but when they're clicking share at the red light, turn around and look at the mess in the backseat of your car. You really mean to tell me you're a genius? You're so smart that you don't want to clean out the backseat of your car? That's how smart you are? I, I like I like I, I I just don't get it. And I, the whole like like I said, the oop think it, it's like dude, you don't think I mean everybody says that. So I guess I want to know this. What is an Ohio thing? We don't have one, I don't think. Like, people, you think New York, it's like, well, you know, pizza in Chicago kind of got, like, the hot dog kind of got pizza there, too, because they got their own style of it. You know, California's got some West Coast stuff thing. What is, like, an Ohio thing? Like, this is Ohio. Like, if you were going to sum up Ohio in three different things to somebody, how would you do it? Because I'm drawing blanks. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, on the spot here, I can't come up with something. I'm drawing blanks. But I don't know. I, I think part of the problem there is that you look at other places. California, New York, and Texas are obviously their own entities. Ohio very much gets swept up into the Great Lakes region. So that's probably more what you're looking at isn't so much what is Ohio specifically. It's what's this region. You know what I mean? What are the things about fair. what about this region that that define it? The first thing that comes to my mind is pierogi, but again, like that feels like a Cleveland thing. Like the like the pierogi doesn't feel as big even down here as it did when I lived in Cleveland. Like that feels like a Cleveland thing, not necessarily an Ohio thing. But it's like I watch all this stuff and like this guy's like, I've never heard this word. You're being an idiot. Yeah, it's yeah. like yes, you do. It's just like I spelled it O P E. Oh, let me get uh, out of there. Exactly yeah. right. And, you, and that that's why you feel like you haven't heard it. It's like you legitimately hear this a thousand times a day. But I'm watching people share this. It's like guys, I lived in California. They say it there. I lived in Oregon. They said it there. I lived in Florida. They said it there. Um, this guy says, sum up Ohio in constructions and potholes. Yeah, you could say, again, that's every state I've ever lived in. It's, it, it's one of those things, Swenson's, yeah, I guess you could sum up Ohio with that. I, uh, again, like the potholes, the, the, the whole thing, it's like, 
again, that is, you think that's an Ohio thing if you haven't lived anywhere else. Oregon had a ton of road problems. Nevada has a ton of road, tra- you know what I mean? Road construction and that whole thing. I, I, I don't necessarily think that's a, a problem for us. I think bad weather sums up Ohio, especially this year. Like, dude, the weather has been horrific. We do have those incarceration tickets. We'll pass those out at 8.30. But Melania and Ivanka Trump are on the Stansberry Show. Well, they're not actually joining us, but we will discuss them both. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have actually uncovered a list of things dads might actually want for Father's Day. We'll do Mm. that coming up around 8.30. My dad always had a problem with Father's Day. He always felt like uh, Mother's Day got like all the bells and whistles, and it was like, oh yeah, and this dude got her pregnant. Like he just always felt like this day was like an afterthought, and it does kind of feel that way. Um, it, it feels like the advertising is always like, Mom, Mother's Day, and she did this for you, and it's like, oh yeah, remember your dad was there, and like he was in the waiting room waiting for you to be born. Maybe buy him a golf club or something. Like it just, it does feel very afterthought. So we found a list of things dads may actually want. We'll break that down coming up around eight thirty. Um, I've been talking about this over the last few days, weeks even, where talking about the president makes me very nervous anymore because he's just so polarizing. Like the other day I gave him a little bit of credit for the summit and like people were like, you know, people who were anti-Trump are like, you gave him credit for something. I hate you now. And then if you say anything that's a little critical on what he does, then that side gets freaked out on you. You just, you know, you lived hard and it's just like, I, dude, I'm kind of sick of the screaming. I've been a little guilty of pulling back from the political scene over the last few weeks because I just find it tiring. Um, I've changed some of the settings on my cell phone now where it's like, dude, I, I want less notifications. It's just, I, I'm getting a little guilty of like, dude, put my head in the sand. I'm, I'm just kind of done. I don't know where to come out on this one. Um, I, I understand that the president of the United States of, the, of America is always going to be a newsmaker when he does things it is often going to move its way up in the rundown of like, well, that's topic A. Like, you, you, you might not like it, you might not want to do it, but I don't want to do it anymore. Dude. I don't like as as somebody as somebody who I know is often viewed as like, well, no, Fantone, you're just you're just a libtard. That's all you are. I can't tell you how many times Dan and I will be talking about like, well, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do the president. Even he if it constantly tells me, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't because because you're right. There is no victory. It, this is a relatively low reward, very high risk conversation that we get into anytime you talk about President Trump. I would agree with that. You're not wrong there. This, though, is more along the line of what Rock Radio would have always done had this come out about any president. So I feel like we're all right here. Okay. 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 So Maxim does their annual Hot 100 list. Yeah. Okay. This is beautiful women. Okay. Both the first lady and the first daughter being Melania and Ivanka are both on this list of Maxim's Hot 100 and should be. I mean, they are both really, really attractive women. I mean, it's almost amazing. Like, dude, Ivanka really is interesting. Now, I don't don't know how much plastic surgeries there have been done there. Maybe none. Maybe a ton. I don't know. Okay? But when you think about the fact that her brothers, Eric and Don Jr., get roasted over the fact that they're not attractive, they're ugly, dude. Both of them. <laughs> like, I don't think Donald Jr. is as ugly as people want to make him out to be. Eric Trump's a rough look. He's the the younger one looks rougher to me, but that's just opinion. 
But I don't think Don Jr. is as ugly as people want to make him out to be. Especially when you look, I mean, dude, better looking than his father, I think. Right? Um, at least I think so. But Ivanka's really a, a, a special case here because those two people, most people have them listed as mutants. And here she is, honestly. I mean, she's hotter than most A-list actresses. Oh, yeah. She's a very good-looking woman. No question about it. Um, the, the, the thing I'll always say about this is that, like, dude, being rich helps you be hot. No question about it. Yeah. I mean, you can start with two babies at the same point and be like, all right, you've got to grow up, live your lives, and we'll see where you are in 18 nice years. Nice clothing. Nice clothing. Availability of nutrition. Like, being able to, to, to have... Dermatologist. The, the makeup and, yeah. the, and those, all those different things that go into the beauty of a woman, where with a guy, I guess it's a lot easier just to be like, hey, wherever I came from, I can still be good looking. Slap this red hat on and I'm good to go. If you come from money as a woman, it's going to be a lot easier for you to be really attractive. Which, I mean, I'm not blaming the woman. I mean, dude, no, smoking. Yeah. No, play your cards. Melania is really hot for her age. Now, obviously, there's probably been some surgery there, a right? Lot, yeah. I, I would think quite a bit. Yeah. But again, Courtney Cox is like, dude, I've been watching reruns of like one of the shows she used to be on. Dude, she had a bunch of surgery, dude. It didn't come out good. Caitlyn Jenner had surgery. Didn't come out good. Ray Liotta has done, dude, dude, he's in that new Chantix commercial. He looks horrific. Yeah, it does. So at least this came out good. Yeah, she does. She looks pretty decent for a woman at her age who has, has gone through under all those surgeries. You can still tell it, but it doesn't matter. She's still hot. She is. She's the hottest first lady ever, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most of them are normally. I mean, I I don't mean to be rude, but most of them are gray haired. By the time they get there, where it's like, I'm not gonna bang a, that person. I was gonna say. I mean, we start looking back. I mean, Michelle I mean, Michelle Obama, I think, is attractive, but everything prior to that, we're talking Bush one, Hillary Clinton, or Bush Bush two, Hillary Clinton, Bush one. I don't remember oh, what Jimmy dude. Carter's wife looked like, but Nancy Reagan wasn't hot. So, no. like, certainly in my lifetime, the hottest first lady we've ever had. The um. I mean, dude, the anti-Obama people roasted Michelle Obama over her looks. Come on. I, boy, come on. Come on. Come on. She's a good-looking woman. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think Michelle Obama's unattractive. I, I won't say that. I always felt like she was dressed pretty well. Like, she had a pretty good dress game. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, obviously, she had somebody who, who was doing that for her. But whoever she hired to do it did a good job with her. I mean, I, I, and I, I guess after prior to Jimmy Carter, it almost doesn't matter because it's like, what are we going to talk about? You know, Martha Washington being hot? Who, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Gerald, you know. Yeah. Um, he, I will say this. I think that if, if the president was less polarizing yeah. and the Me Too movement wasn't going on, Melania would be on every cover of every magazine, and we would be fawning over how hot our first lady is. She's uh, she, she's good looking. And there's one thing that I mean, you can definitely say about President Trump is, I mean, dude's got a slew of hot women behind him in his wake. I mean, there's no question about that. Well, welcome to money. Yeah, and and I mean, welcome good, to money. This is what I always say about you, bro. This is what I say about the difference between men and women all the time. Women are way more shallow than men. Way more. At least a man wants to be with you because he finds you to be something to be cherished because of how hot you are. Where a woman's like, what's your credit score? I mean, do women are way more shallow than men in the regards of sex, yet we're sold as the dogs and the evil ones. It's hilarious.
We've uh, we've talked about this in the past. I um, and I'll stand by this. And this is the Chloe Kardashian Chloe Kardashian argument that Stansberry makes. Um, Tiffany Trump. If I if we were playing Mary F Kill, she's the one I'm effing for sure. Tiffany. I think, I think Tiffany, not the hottest, probably the least attractive out of those three women. But like, there's something about Tiffany Trump where I'm like, yeah, like that's all right, right there. Okay, you want me to drop it on you and tell you what it is? Because you and I both kind of have this. What is that? Do you like hoes? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like your girlfriend's not, but like that, that's what you do. Like you, mar- you, dude, you're getting ready to marry like a really good girl, but you're looking over the fence at like, dude, hoes are great and. Tiffany Trump, she's hot, but she's skanky hot. Where Ivanka kind of looks like, okay, dude, that is Madison Avenue hot. Where do you rank them if you were going to, you know, if... if, Well, I like hoes. In the the hotness factor. Um... Dude, Ivanka's for oh, I don't know. Tiffany, I'm looking at pictures of Tiffany. She is pretty... Yeah, dude, she's skanky hot, though. I'm It's Ivanka? No. Dude, they're all three of them... Wow, what do I do there? I don't know. All right. Ivanka, Tiffany, Melania. I think Melania that has to be- the, Melania at the end. Yeah, best for last, maybe. All right. I don't best, know. Best for last. But I think that's what Tiffany's Trump thing is, is that she does kind of like, you can tell her parents have money, and it almost got her out of the trailer park hotness, but not quite. She does come off as like the hottest bitch in the trailer. I just think the media would be fawning over how beautiful these women were if they didn't hate the president as much as they do, and the Me Too movement a little bit, too, because what you're going to hear then is feminists go, why are we talking about the way they look? Look at what Ivanka does. She runs businesses, and yet we're talking about the way she looks. I know, feminists, pipe down. Some of us just want to enjoy things. You kill joy. A list of things Dad might actually want for Father's Day. Next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Pass up those incarceration tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. Um, we were talking before the break about uh, whether or not Melania Trump might be the hottest first lady ever and a guy was like dude you guys missed jackie o yeah we did i think melania's way hotter i don't even think it's close i think jackie onassis was one of those people that we talked about how beautiful she was because she was first lady i i I think I, i think the office and being married to a kennedy and that whole thing put shine on her you don't think she's attractive i'm not saying she's unattractive I think the fact that we wanted to get pictures of her naked because of who she was, that played into the mystique of her. Um, I think that she gets bumped up a little bit because her husband was shot and killed. I, I think she's an attractive person. I think she's also time capsule hot, meaning I think she's only hot in the 60s. And I'll give you a great example. I'll give you the person her husband slept with behind her back. Marilyn Monroe still looks hot to me. Where when you look at a, fo- you look at a photo of Jackie O and it's like, yeah, she might have been hot then. She's not hot now. Photos of Marilyn Monroe, she looks like she'd be hot today. I'd want Marilyn Monroe today. I would not want to sleep with Jackie O today. I think 30 years from now, 40 years from now, you look at a picture of Melania Trump, she's still going to be like, damn, that's a good-looking woman. I just think she's the hottest first lady ever. Love or hate the president, whatever. But you cannot deny. Fantone even said it best. It's like, dude, there is a wake of hot chicks in that <laughs> behind that, dude. There's just a wake of them. And welcome to being rich and loaded. It's what I've been saying all the time. Say whatever you want about men. I know we're dogs. We're dogs. All we care about is one thing. Yeah, all you care about is one thing too. The credit card. So pipe down. Tomorrow or not tomorrow, Father's Day is uh, Sunday. And I grew up in a house where my dad really bitched about this a lot. I mean a ton. Where he felt like the country goes 
like ape crazy over Mother's Day. It's like, oh my God, this woman and everything she did for you and she birthed you and she did this and she did that. And then Father's Day comes and my dad's line was, oh, and here's the fat idiot that got her pregnant. Like it does kind of feel that way. Yeah, I would agree it feels that way, at least in my household. I think it felt that way by design, though. Like, my dad hates being fawned over. My dad hates attention on him. He doesn't want, like, his birthday, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want, no? he doesn't want, he doesn't want me to come home and be like, Dad, let's talk about how great you are. He hates stuff like that. Okay, so let me ask the question. Is that the way men really feel, or is that the way men have been conditioned to feel because you're a man and you're not supposed to feel and, you know, man up, man, man up, man? I mean, don't men secretly behind closed doors, don't they want to be doted over just a little bit more than we admit? Yeah, I mean, I I guess if we're talking like, does society pressure us into roles? Sure, but I mean, when it comes down to it, if 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 I'm having a frank conversation with my dad, he doesn't he doesn't want a big deal made about him. I mean, he doesn't want a Christmas present. He doesn't want that. Like he doesn't. Oh, I see. I, I I'm I'm inclined not to believe that. That I think it's one of those things. I think people say that. I don't think it's a man or a woman thing. I think people will say that. Oh, you know, don't make a big deal out of me. I don't want anything. But secretly what happens? If your birthday comes and goes and nobody says happy birthday to you, you're bummed out. You are. Well, yeah. I think that's a human thing. I mean, an acknowledgement of, but big deal is what kind of what I'm saying. Like, does my dad appreciate a happy birthday call? Of course. But it's not, you know, it's, it, 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 it's when you take it that next step. It's when you start to spend money on it or you start to, like, make a big deal of it. That's when it's like, eh, you shouldn't be doing this. Mother's Day was a huge deal in my house because my dad made it a big deal. He made Mother's Day a huge deal. As a matter of fact, all right, so I grew up the son of a minister, right? These holidays are always on a Sunday. Right. Now, every Mother's Day, he would have my mom do the sermon. And okay. my, my mom is actually, or once upon a time was, she's a little old now, was a, both my parents were phenomenal public speakers. They're both great at it. And um, my mom was actually really, really good at delivering that sermon. It was, you didn't even have to ask my brother and I. We knew. Come Mother's Day, our asses were up, showered, dressed appropriately, first pew in the church, paying attention to what mom had to say. Father's Day came, where were we? Normally a bar parking lot from last night hungover. We didn't care. And he that was his thing. He was like, look, you guys, you don't even care. I don't even have to ask you to do this for your mother. You just kind of know you should because it's your mom. But when it comes to me, neither one of you care. Was that your dad trying to balance it out? Because, hey, I'm going to make such a big deal about my wife, such a big deal about your mom. I hope that carries over into me. I mean, is that what, was that kind of the... <sighs> Maybe a little. I think a lot of it was is that he understood that we were too privileged kids and the fact that we grew up in a pretty nice neighborhood never really wanted for anything um and my mom worked two jobs and raised us and my dad was a workaholic that he felt like we probably took my mom for granted and so he was just like you know what let's we, we, we got to make sure we, we you know what do you do you overcorrect into the steer right you take her for granted all year you go over to the top as a matter of fact i'll never forget if you were going to ask my mom her favorite mother's day ever we didn't tell her my brother was living in florida at the time my dad starts the sermon, then hands it off to my mom, and then through the back doors of the church, my brother and I are walking together, and she didn't know my brother was going to be there. And, like, there's a video of it. I, you know what? I should maybe see if we can grab that and get it posted at the website, where she just, like, stops, cries, and goes, oh, my God, stop it. But we would have never done this for my dad, ever. 
And he was kind of right about it. Bill Cosby had a, I mean, I know he's a rapist and all that, so it's like, it feels weird to, to, but there was a huge piece of his stand-up special back in the day was talking about this, where it's like, when an NFL player or when somebody does something great on TV, thanks mom, thanks mom, and dad never mentioned, ever. Now I know what the easy joke is, maybe they don't know their dad. Uh, Notice how I didn't go to that, because I think the underlying tones of that are probably not great. But we did uncover a list here. Of some things your dad might actually want for Father's Day, which again, Sunday. A nice dinner out, my dad would have never wanted that. A nice bottle of booze, my dad didn't drink, probably wouldn't want that. Does Mike Fantone want a bottle of booze? Yeah, it's, if, 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 if I'm going through presents for my dad, that's definitely one of the like, all right, I don't know, we'll get, we'll get him, get him some whiskey. Uh, my dad, more than anything, he's a beer guy. Like, I can and, see that. And he, here, here's his thing, is, and he was early, and I mean early. Early on, like craft, beer? craft beers, dude. Really? I'm talking like he was making his own beer in the '90s in the garage. Like, whoa, yeah. So it, it was, it was very much, and it was either that, whatever or P- it takes to get away from the wife. Either, right? either that or PBR. There's no Bud Light in the house. There's no Miller Light in the house. There's no Bud. Like, there's, there's PBR or there's something good. So like, that's, that's in the, in the realm of what I would get him. Yeah, your dad's a good dude. He's all right. He's all right. He's got a, one hell of a mustache. That man has. He does. Dude, one hell of a stash. Dude, his stash game is good. One hell of a one. You couldn't put him on the Mount Stash more because he's not a celebrity. But if we were going to do a local tie-in for Stashmore, your dad's on. And is committed to it. In my entire life, 34 years old, have never seen him without it. Ever. I Dude, I can't even never. imagine. Never once. I can, I can imagine my dad naked before I can imagine him without a mustache. Like, I have never seen that dude in my life without a stash. Okay. This isn't a big problem for the rest of you, but I've met Mike Phantom. <laughs> and so now I have to picture him naked. Bro, you need to warn me when that's going down. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. They say here a watch would be a good gift for your dad, a vacation, some clothing, a smart speaker. That probably is pretty smart, right? He's going to be out there in the garage staying away from the wife. Probably not a bad deal. Is your dad a technology guy, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where you kind of have to weigh it in. Yeah, that's fair. Tickets my, to a sporting event, big one? Uh, my dad doesn't watch pro sports, so really? the only thing that I could, at this point, no. He quit. I would probably say when the Browns left, he was like, all right, you know what? I'm done with the whole thing. He'll watch Indians games. He'll listen to Indians games. Cavs? But uh, th- that's a very fleeting thing with him where he'll like watch it, but he's not like, he's not investing himself like I do. He's not, because, and I think what happened there is he got burnt so bad in sports during his run. Where How he was just old is like, he? 58, 50, something like that. Yeah, closer to I mean, 60. dude, things got bad for yeah. a while. I mean, dude, there was a large chunk of his life where it was just, like, desperate. Dismal, just just terrible. So I think he kind of checked out then. A huge Buckeyes fan, though, so that's where I could get him. And a huge Canton Charge fan, too. My dad loves the charge, loves going to those games. All right. I was going to say, because your brother's a pretty big sports guy, Huge right? Huge sports fan. My whole family. It, but and, and my dad's an official. Like, he, he refs, you know, baseball, basketball, all around high school, around here. But he uh, he just checked himself out of it, where it was like, dude, pro sports, Cleveland sports suck. Good for him. <laughs> good, good for him. I feel like I should be doing the show with him. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like the smarter of the two fans, three of them, actually, is at home. Why, dude, send Mike in. I kind of want it. Dude, your parents are actually really good people. They're all right. They're, they're, I'm sure my mom's listening right now. They're all right. So so did you get your dad anything for Father's Day? No. We were talking about it. I was on the phone with my mom yesterday, and I was like, hey, what are we doing this weekend? And she was like, oh, well, we were going to do something on Sunday with your grandparents. My grandparents are still alive, by the way. Wow, dude. Look I know. at you. All four of them, dude. All four of my grandparents I saw this You're past weekend. 33? 30, 34. 34. 
That's really rare. All four of my grandparents still alive. It's you're insane. lucky. It's amazing. Parents still married. All four grandparents still alive. Dude, you're like a <laughs> unicorn. Seven feet tall. Got both his parents. Four grandparents. Dude, Fanto might be the Holy Ghost. It's possible. Incarceration. Dude, what did they say the other day? Nobody commits blasphemy better than us. Incarceration tickets up for grabs next on the Stansberry Show. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're online for you at WRQK.com. We're also online at Facebook.com slash Sandsbury Show. And uh, I just posted this because Indians fans have been hitting me up all day about it. Um, everybody knows I'm a big golf fan. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously been glued to the U.S. Open as much as I possibly can be. I know Tiger's underway already. I haven't checked the score here uh, as of recently. I know he, uh, they say he was pretty close to a kick-in bird at one. We'll see what happens there. He uh, he started his round at eight over. What is a kick-in bird? Okay, so... <laughs> what? All right, all right, what? all right, all right. So... Kick-in's pretty much gimme, meaning, okay. dude, his second shot, he put it close enough to where it's like, yeah, he's going to make that. Okay. But we saw this yesterday. Russell Henley had a, had a birdie putt three foot, missed it. Mental. Just mental. But I bring up the U.S. Open, A, because I love golf, but B, Indians fans are upset. All right. Shinnecock Hills is outside of the Hamptons in, uh, in New York. Right. Their logo is an Indian logo. It's also a drawn character Indian logo with headdress. Also with golf clubs in the background. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. You can see it. Indians fans are pissed. They're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're being called racist. This is wrong. And all of a sudden now, we're playing the U.S. Open and nobody's saying this. Nobody's talking about this. And it is a little interesting. It is a little interesting. that, And I think it's ultimately because... Even though people, yes, care about the U.S. Open, people don't care about golf the way you do about baseball. And it's just the truth. If golf was more popular, they would. this would be an issue. It's just not as popular. You're, you're only, you pay attention to four tournaments a year, and even those you don't really watch. You just watch the leaderboard. And I would say at least partially, this is a one-time event where it's like, yeah, it's every year, but I mean, it's one event out of the year. Well, not only that, but it's not held at the same course every year. Yeah, and so with 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 the Indians logo, I mean, that was there every game. It still is there every game. You know what I mean? And I think that at least gives it more... I would agree. More visibility, I guess. I would agree. If you want to check that photo out, again, Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show is where you see that. Um, actually, dude, next year, and I saw this yesterday, I was wondering, the U.S. Open will be contested at Pebble Beach in California, and tickets already on sale. Dude, that might have to be the summer vacation next year. I might have to go to the U.S. Open and see at Pebble. I mean, oh, God, what a what a great venue that is. <laughs> this is like kicking bird. Is that is that a big deal? So Pebble Beach? Okay, all right. Yeah, Pebble right. Beach is legitimately, dude, that's like golf holy ground. You've, uh, you've got something going on there over in the golf game, right? you got a little something, something you're working on? Because I feel like Stansbury keeps typing things, and he's like, well, what, what's going on? What I'm working got? on the driver right now. It's okay. a mess, dude. I am a mess from the tee box right now. I, uh, I've been spending a lot of time at the driving range. i got my mid-iron game back a little bit. I'm actually playing tonight. We'll find out how well that goes. I've been putting great. Wedges are dialed in. As a matter of fact, dude, a guy on the driving range the other day, I had my headphones in, yeah. and a guy in the driving range said, switch clubs! 
And I turned Jeez. around and I was like, what? Why? He's like, you have those goddamn headphones on. He's like, that, that 100 signs metal. And you've dung it like 60 <laughs> times in a row, which is good. The golfers will tell you, 100 yard, dude, if you can get dialed in at 100, you can start doing things well. And the guy screamed from across the drive, I'm sick of hearing that sign. Get so, dude, I was just apparently dialed in with the 56. Is, 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 is music during the golf, is that, is that a common thing? Does that happen? Is that- um, so, on the driving range, I do like to have uh, the wireless headphones. In kind of get you know what I mean, just you know, take your mind off of it. Um, it. It gets sucked into the music a little bit, and then while I'm playing, I do have a Bluetooth speaker I keep in my bag. It all depends on who you're playing with. Um, I do respect other players on the course. I try not to have it up really loud. I don't want anybody else to have to like have to deal with it um, because of the concentration issue with golf. I mean, do golfers take it pretty seriously depending on who you're playing with? Now the guys I'm playing with tonight all pretty loose. It's uh, the third Friday league at the Elms. It's, oh, look it, out now. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty loose. Uh, you know, there'll be beers cracked and music playing. That, that's definitely part of it. I do want to address this real quickly, um, as I've been seeing a lot of people post this, and I believe you're posting it because you may fall underneath this. Okay. And so you're like, hey, look, we need to pay attention to this because, you know, th- this is true of my life. And this is this article where a minimum wage worker cannot afford a two-bedroom apartment anywhere in the United States. Okay, this is the part where I'm going to tell you I have a pretty good job, and we knock how much we get paid, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we still do okay, right? We're not paid as what we should be paid, but we still do all right. I live in a one-bedroom apartment, so I don't know how much sympathy I'm supposed to have for you. Some, sure, but am I supposed to rethink the entire financial system of this country when in reality, I'm not looking at a, at a two-bedroom apartment or a two-bedroom house is something I should do? Now, is that out of necessity that you've done that, or is that out of decision that you've done that? It's, well, I would say making smarter financial decisions keeps you out of the necessity of having to do anything. Well, and not looking to overextend myself into something I shouldn't have is what keeps me in bounds. But with the job that you had now, if you took... If you took the, I could be in a two-bedroom. Right. If you took... If you took uh, you know, things that you want as opposed to things that you need out of the equation, you totally could live in a two-bedroom apartment, right? If you sacrifice golf and sacrifice, you know... Well, the truth of the matter is I don't even have to sacrifice it. I could do it because I am paid enough for it. But the difference there is... But there there is a good look at my decision-making. Just because I can have something doesn't mean I should have it. And so what I do then is go, I will worry about what I should have and what I should do, not what I can do. And I maintain that no matter how much money we pay people, dude, if you're broke, you're broke because of you. Ultimately, dude, you separate yourself from from your money. Now look, should you make more money? Yes, and so should we. Everybody in the country should make more money. But ultimately, dude, if you're broke, it's because of the decision making that you do. And I think, what do I always say it's like you and i both have extra we both have other jobs you know what most people in the country do they get to friday and it's like feed up bro feed up and i saw this me every everybody's meme crazy everybody's so meme crazy so i'll give you a meme you should be posting versus all the ones you do post i saw this the other day if you're not where you want to be in life why are you chilling if you're not where you want to be why are you relaxed why are you feed up stay on your grind. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 
106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Give you a Tiger update. He is one under for his round through three holes. He's seven over, tied for 76th for the tournament. Now, your leaders are two under. Russell Henley's through seven holes. Today's one under today. Dustin Johnson through three holes. He's also one under today. They are both tied at two under. Jason Duffner, Ohio boy, one under. And he's one under through his round today. So an Ohio guy in contention right now. Would like to see Duffner win if he could pull it off. I'm going to do a Tiger update too. It's not Tiger Woods though. It's the Maslin Tigers I'm talking about right now. Here we go. Uh, no, they just got a new uh, a new uh, a new uh, principal over at Mas- Maslin Washington High School effective today. Dave Loudenschnauder or something, Schlager, Schlieger, something. So there's a new principal over at Maslin. Shout out to that guy. Uh, I feel like Tiger Woods is going to do more with his career than who knows <laughs> than who knows? that principal. I could be wrong. All right, uh, you ready for the fake outrage story of the day? Oh yeah, I've been waiting for it. You ready for it? Okay. Target now apologizing after after some customers are offended, um, and they're uh, you know taking to the internet to cry the way people do when they're offended over some cards that are in the store over this particular holiday on Sunday being Father's Day. Target apparently was offering people baby daddy cards, so it's for a you know it's got a couple they're kissing on the front, but it's you know baby daddy, and people are upset about that. Um, Target says here, we were made aware of some concerns about this card last week. We're working with our vendor to have it removed from our stores. We appreciate the feedback and apologize. It's never our intent to uh, offend any of our guests with the products we sell. Uh, now, I don't... Now, isn't this just a card company catching up with the terminology that we use? I think at least part of the argument that I saw against this was that this was the only card at Target that featured a black couple. Oh, you know, I didn't even bother to look. Yeah, that's the only card at Target that featured a black couple. So I think that's where it was like, that's where it was like, it wasn't so much just usage of the word. It was, it was like implying that black families aren't married. Right. And so, like, I think that's, that's where the, where the point of contention comes in here. All right. Okay. Um, If it's the only... All right, let me ask this question. How many cards show the couple on the front of it? I do not. I I would say not many, right? I've bought cards before, and normally it just says something on the cover of it. Or it's got a like a maybe a picture of it. Oh, no, they do have pictures of kids and things like that on them. All right, yeah, that part's not great. I mean, if if, because... I, I well, I wanted to say, well, maybe the 2018 fixes make it an interracial couple, but people are still going to draw the conclusion that you're trying to be racist with it. I don't. Do you think that that's what the intention was? Um, I don't know if that was the intention. I don't think Target was sitting there like, you know what, dude, we are even really the gonna... card company, not not even Target. No, but like there is a little bit of you got to look out for these things, you know, and especially Target, like who have who have kind of championed themselves as like, hey, we're going to, you know, do our best. But here's the thing is, is they felt like they made a mistake. And whether you agree with it or what with it or not, they corrected the ship and are like moving on as a company. Well, it should also be pointed out that the inside of the card says something about thank you for being a great father and husband. 
Well, I, uh, I you, you see what I'm saying? So like, are we, are we nitpicking because it's a black couple on the cover? Um, is there is there going to be things that like kind of throw that like, hey, this is what's happening? Sure. Um, I just think that it's one of it, yes, like the Target decided to move away from this, and like you look at the woman who originally posted this. Nowhere in it is it like. Bring down Target. I hate Target. It's just I saw this. I did not approve of this. Is it possible for me to see something, not like something, post about it without being like fake perpetual okay, outrage? Well, again, I have her post. You cannot be serious, Target. Really, she says, this was the only Father's Day card that featured a black couple. Hashtag our voices really. Hashtag not my narrative. Hashtag how about husband. Hashtag how about love. Again, it says husband in the inside of the card. So is this just a little too quick to be like, hey, what's up with this? I, I guess. I mean, I think it might be. I, I, I guess. Where, but I mean, at this point, then where's the other alternative cards for me as a black couple? To okay, I don't like this card. Well, we gotta have another one, right? Well, why can't it just be the card that doesn't have the picture of the people on the front of it that I have to buy? Why can't it just be that card? Fair. I mean, that's a pretty simple fix, right? So what I'm saying is, is that I worry. Not that things can't be done like this that are secretly underneath it a little bit this, but I don't think the card company was trying to do that. But does intent always matter or does end result matter here? Could I not also make the argument, though, that this is about lexicon, that this is about about words used and maybe younger members of the African-American community, even if you're a, a dual parent household, that this is terminology you do use? I mean, I've heard it, so I don't know if it's necessarily like we made it this or this is what you would buy. This is much like we've been hearing a lot about this recently about, you know, um, the, the female newscasters and what they wear versus like a man's always in a suit. And my thing is, is like, well, are they being sexist or are they just giving the audience what they will watch? Yes, I mean, yes, at the end of the day, but where does where does the, the fix to that problem come? Who, who well, interjects and would changes make, things? Well, I would make the argument that I don't think that a woman wearing a dress on the news is a problem to be fixed. Right, but in the grander scheme of kind of what we're talking about here of like, well, okay, so we've got a problem or what is perceived as a problem. Who's going to take responsibility in changing this well, behavior? Well, I think it's important to say that just because something is said to be a problem or perceived to be a problem, that maybe what's needed a little bit in life is, you know what, you think this is a problem, but see, but really, the legitimate thing is it's not a problem. Uh, American, Sometimes people need to be told that. American Greetings, um, this particular card was created for an address to a loving husband, which the inside of the card makes clear. That is what American Greetings said. However, we see that the front page, taken out of context, can communicate an unintentional meaning that we are strongly against perpetuating and is not consistent with our company's purpose and values. So, like, to me, this is kind of like the way it's supposed to go is like, if if a company sees, hey, we made a mistake, and whether we whether I view it as a mistake or not, American Greetings does. They're writing the ship. I'm okay with what happened here. Yeah, if Target wants to send it back to the vendor and be like, look, look, our our, our customers don't want this. You make the card. That's fine. That's your business. Our customers don't want it. So go sell it somewhere else. Perfectly okay with that. What do I always say? Let businesses be who they are, and then the marketplace will decide whether or not they are a business. So ultimately, I am okay with that. This does feel like, even though we know we use this terminology, it's commonly how we speak, then you make a card for that reason, and now we're mad about that. It does feel like, teacher, you forgot to give us homework, and just because something somebody says it's a problem doesn't mean it's actually a problem. I've said it three times. 
times. I should probably legitimately do it. Let's pass out these incarceration tickets. We'll take caller 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Continue the Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Uh, yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. That's right, Fight Fest. It all happens June 30th from the legendary Chaparral's Event Center in Akron. Honor Fighting Championship. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Uh, I talk about happy hour logic a lot. And it's it's these things where like when you're when you're sucking down a pint with your buddy, you know what you know what this country needs. You know what I mean? And you come up with this very simple, um, sounds like logical answer to a very complex problem. Um, I, I view, as a matter of fact, and I know some of you look at this as a more legitimate idea than I do, but I view arming teachers as barroom logic, happy okay. hour logic. Okay. You know, if we just gave a teacher a six-shooter, then this all goes away. I think that that's, to me, that's happy hour logic. And I can't decide if this next thing that Columbus, I believe, is going to do, Columbus, Ohio, is going to do, whether or not this is happy hour logic or if this will lead to something good. But organizers down in Columbus... I'm reading from the Columbus Dispatch that they're looking for $40,000 out of the city's budget because they want to launch a year-long pilot program in one of Columbus's neighborhood, a Franklinton neighborhood, right? And what they're going to do with that $40,000, Fantone, is they are going to go around then and pay homeless people $10 an hour to clean up the homeless camps and the surrounding areas. They also then hope to direct participants to resources that will help them find jobs, housing, medical treatment. Ultimately, you start nipping some of this stuff in the bud, and it ends up becoming a less of a financial strain on the state and country. Now, I don't know if I hate it, but we are going to have a couple of snags, and they don't address it anywhere in this article I'm reading. You're going to have to apply for said job, I would imagine. You're going to have to be on the books to be paid, I would imagine. You're going to want them to pay taxes on this money, I would imagine. And what's the rate of homeless people who have an ID? Um, Don't have one, right? Because you need a residence. This has been um, implemented in other cities before. I remember watching a TED Talk about this, and the mayor of Albuquerque implemented something like this. I'm going to say this was five years ago. Oh, that long ago. If not longer. Um, And I was 100% sold on the idea. Um, Yeah, you're going to have to figure out what the tax... I don't know if this is going to be tax exempt. I don't know if this is going to be... Do you pay him cash? I mean, maybe you do. Although I don't know if a local government can. Well, and there's going to be issues of like, well, they're making $10 an hour. How the hell am I not? Blah, blah, blah. And Okay, like maybe minimum wage is the way to go with this. Or maybe it's $10 an hour, but... As a whole, yes, there are going to be there are going to be you know little little things we can point at and say, well, this is maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. But I think as a whole, this is a winning idea. Well, you can nitpick anything. You start pulling at the strings of anything, and you'll destroy it. I, I what I will say is this: having not well, actually, once upon a time in my life, I was closer to homeless than most people would want to be. Uh, lived in my car for a little while. I um, that's homeless. Yeah, it's homeless. That's homeless. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I if you mean, live I, in your car, that's homeless. I mean, I was living in the okay. parking lot of a radio station, but I was living out of my car. Nobody knew, but I was living in my car at the time. Um, I, 
I can tell you that through the stretches of being out of work that I've had, that you feel hopeless. And if you don't have purpose, it will compound your problems. So I think taking homeless people and giving them purpose, giving them something to do, a place to be, a little bit, you know, a foot back into responsibility, that things stack. You start small, and then the next step happens, and then the next step happens. I think I like this. What happens when that $10 an hour, for however long you do it, starts going to liquor stores and drug dealers? When Do I have a problem when one of these guys overdoses on heroin, the whole thing's shot? Well, no. Because what I'm going to say is we just got done talking about how people who work for minimum wage jobs can't afford a two-bedroom apartment. And you know why? one of the reasons why? is because they buy cigarettes. Because they buy 22-ounce bottles of booze. Because that's why. You waste your money. You're buying chewing tobacco. You're buying cigarettes. You're buying all the stuff you don't need. So if, if I can't look at you be like, well, no, dude, of course you don't get a two-bedroom apartment because you smoke cigarettes. Then how the hell am I supposed to knock the homeless person because they want to buy Boone's Farm? The, uh, the homeless issue in Stark County is real, but it's very you don't see it as much. It's not as visible as it is in bigger cities. Oh, move where I live. Well, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. No, I was going to say, don't get me wrong. There's going to be areas where you see it. but there's, It's not like San Francisco. There's, there's an invisible homeless in Stark County. That's there's true. There's no question about that. But when you when you, when you you look at the big picture here of what's going on, and like I said, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, talk about Albuquerque and kind of how they did it. There's over 70 cities in the United States following their plan right now. And this article I'm looking at was, oh, ri- that's a lot. was written over a year ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's more now, but what you're doing, not only you're right of you're giving homeless people, people who are who feel like they don't have help people at the bottom, people at the bottom of society, as most people view them, you're giving them a leg up one way or another. And you're also taking care of what's a very real issue of cities that have to deal with ugliness. And like, if you're going out there and cleaning up trash and you're going out there and you're pulling up weeds and you're going out there and removing homeless people from in front of stores, Win, 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 right? That all sounds good. Right? I mean, like, across the board right there. Yeah, that all sounds good. So instead of there being trash in front of the McDonald's and weeds in the in the flower bed outside of it and a homeless there asking, dude, they're asking you for, for money as you walk into the, Mac, the McDonald's, now that's all taken care of. Well, one step further. How about if you're the homeless person cleaning this up, you're probably less likely to make it dirty next time around because you just got done cleaning it up. You'd like to think, right? I would think so. Um... I agree. This would be a good thing to do here. Um, and I, I get what you're saying, but I feel like living here, because it's a little bit of a smaller city than some other places I've lived, where I feel like the homeless problem is super humanizing here. Because I see the same five people yeah, yeah, yeah. every day. Like, the one guy I kind of know. Like he's always around and I, you know what? That makes it sound like he's sitting on my front steps waiting for me to give him money. And that's not true. He's just walking back and forth between places every day. And so I see him once a day, once or twice a day. What else are you going to do when you have nothing to do? Like you're going to walk around. Yeah. And so it's become like one of those things where I kind of know him now a little bit. Like I'll say hello to him. I'll probably, if I have some loose change, maybe a dollar or two in my pocket, I'll give it to him. And I don't care. Like, I get the whole, if I give these people this money, they're just going to spend it on booze. Yeah, dude, your boss gave you money, and you all go online, and you post, and check in at bars, and you brag about how much Jameson you chug. I know you worked for that money, and that person didn't. But you know what? This is how I choose to look at it. I don't care what they spend that money on. I have it to give, and they don't. So you know what? They need that bottle of booze more than I need whatever the hell it is I was going to waste the money on. And if that bottle of booze gets them through that their goddamn day, you know what? Then so be it. 
Here's what I know. I don't necessarily believe in Jesus Christ or God, but if I get up there, I want him to be able to look at me and be like, dude, you gave that guy money not caring where it went. Because I believe that even though I don't believe in your God, that that's what he wanted me to act like. That's what he was trying to get me to do. And that's the real way to be. You think Jesus was out there like, yo, bro, I'm going to make fish and wine for everybody. But first, you got to meet this qualification list before I give it to you. Of course, that's not the way it was. We'll wrap up the Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. And all I got to say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh, God. Oh, my man. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. And Josh Rock and Roller. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So here it goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. <laughs> Swung on and hit high. Deep to right center field. It is gone. Jose Ramirez breaks the tie. If he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and f*** my sister. Wow. It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint Parker to turn around and take off his pants. Yes. And... Did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. You feckless They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. That sounds like a choice. What? I think we're the best receiving core in the league. Yeah. For real, for real, yeah. yeah. I've been drinking. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much <laughs> you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head, just slap him. I can make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is the key thing. I had to take off my shoes. So kiss my black <laughs> not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. The game's starting to slow down a little bit. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 169. I have uh, just been made aware that all next week we will have those incarceration tickets for you as well. Nice. That's a pretty big show. Yeah, it actually is. That thing's has. grown over the last few years. And I guess I just didn't realize it, but I mean, dude, it's only an hour drive. Like, it's not even that far. No, Mansfield's like, not yeah, far. Yeah, I mean, it's not that far of a drive at all. No. Uh, you know our chubby buddy oversees that that radio market. Oh, so that's how close it is. 98 one. 98 one's on. Kennedy. 98 yeah, one's on. Indeed. Okay. Uh, don't go online and call him the chubby buddy. Don't, he really don't. Dude, like, all right. So like back in the day, we were calling him Chubbs. <laughs> that was like my name. That was my name for him. And every day I would walk into his and be like, hey, Chubbs, what's going on, Chubbs? <laughs> uh, every golf-related thing is on sale over Father's Day right. weekend, but I have all the things. I don't need any more clubs. I just upgraded. I just bought all, all the new stuff. Are Although, you- due to Titleist 3 would... Are you going to stay away from the golf course this weekend? I mean, it's no. going to be super busy, right? No, no, no. I'm stuck on them all weekend, as a matter okay. of fact. Um, playing tonight at the Elms for third Friday golf. Then tomorrow we tee off at 11 at Hawk's Nest. I've never played it. Can't wait. Uh, 
so I'll do that. And then on Sunday, I'm playing 1030. Uh, I, I have a tea time Sunday morning with my buddy Wayne, his dad, a couple other guys. And uh, we're going to play Tam O'Shanner. So I've uh, no, I'm actually on golf courses all weekend. And you know what? H- had I forgot about Father's Day. And had I known that, I would have said no to all of these. It's going to be brutally hot this weekend, too, dude. You're going to be sweating balls out there. Okay, so here's what I need you to do. <laughs> when your kids give you your Father's Day card, let's collect all the $5 bills in them and save them for Sansbury's bail money. Because when it's 95 <laughs> degrees on Sunday and I, you know, and I wrap a, you know, a seven iron around some guy's head, I'm going to need to be bailed out of jail. Aside from that, we're done. We'll find out if I'm on the air Monday morning, 6 a.m. You guys have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day. See ya. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. It is Fantone from The Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're anything like me, man, I was wearing glasses and contacts since like the second grade. That's out of my life now. I don't have to worry about where my glasses are in the morning. I don't have to worry about do I have enough contacts ordered? Do I have solutions?